Welcome and happy Friday. It is October 30th, the day before Halloween, but this will not be a Halloween-themed show. This is Travelog, the podcast of Condé Nast Traveler. This is our second episode ever. I'm here with Pilar Guzman, our editor-in-chief, Candice Rainey, our deputy editor, Paul Brady, our senior editor, and David Jeffries, our editor for Service and Surveys. My name is Brad Rickman. I'm the digital director. We have a great topic today, and we have a great group of people here to talk about it. But first, it's Friday. Why but? <laughs> because we must, but? we must drink. Uh, it's Friday, and so we have a shout-out to our drink of the week. This one is called a South Bank Sour. It comes from Ryan Mr. Lion at the Mondrian London at Sea Containers. His bar is called Dandelion. And uh, the Mondrian was on our hot list this year, and it's an example of the phenomenon that we're going to discuss today, or at least arguably. So, um, And we had a special occasion last week because we were lucky enough to have him in town, and he made this drink and another one for us, and we were able to film it, and we are putting it up on the site today so everybody can go home and make it. He's an incredibly creative guy, um, and one day I hope we can have him back and maybe talk to him. But um, in any case, everybody have a taste of Mr. Lyon's South Bank Sour here. I already have a taste actually mm. and how did you find it delicious yeah strong paul didn't even wait sour yeah that that would be calder our bartender making the strong damn okay it's those millennials it is yes they have the strength what, of what 10 make, what makes it frothy uh that that would be albumin the egg white oh, oh nice egg white drink. in the shaker yes in the shaker yeah what else goes in this uh, there is bee feeder. You're going to make him pronounce it? <laughs> the, pronounce the, the it. Bee feeder gin, which he was very particular about. Um, we have a Brooklyn uh, whiskey. It's New York whiskey. Um, and did I say the, 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 the lemon? And then there's a tea. And he used a nettle tea. He found nettle at Whole Foods and was able to, to sort of brew up a little tea from it. That's what I'm tasting. Well, Just kidding. Yeah. The nettle. <laughs> it's the nettle. <laughs> Notes of nettle. It's pointy. <laughs> I knew I was tasting nettles. Yeah. And then he put um, goji berry uh, powder on the top. Oh, wow. With a little mm. sprig of lag. So it's a little molecular gastronomy, and it's a little, there's two kinds it's of liquor big, in it. It's a big yes. word. Yeah. Yes. Molecular. Yes. Molecular. Yes. Yeah, he, he's a, he, the dandelion, they don't sort of um, use anything that's prepackaged they use, except the liquor itself. So they make everything there. It's really kind of phenomenal. And to hear him talk about it, he's got like a degree in biology. He's got a degree in philosophy and then some other thing. And so he takes this incredibly sort of thoughtful approach, very artistic to the whole thing. So it was great. Check out the videos. Um, they are going up on the site today. So the the top of the the topic for this week is this phenomenon that I've been calling hotels as social hubs, which is very nerdy. How how what is the way to describe this thing? Hotel as piazza. Hotel as yeah. piazza. Is that what you call it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm gonna go with it. Yes. Go with it? Yes. Hotel as piazza. Yes. So what 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 does that mean? What does this mean to us? Well, I, I, a little bit of back history. Wasn't there a phrase, uh, meet me at the plaza? Yes. It was. It, it was. It yes, was. It was like, thing. meet me. In, it's a thing. It was like, meet me under the clock at uh, right. Grand Central. The, under the Bridge of Sigh. A little damp, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the plaza also, th- about 30 years ago, one of their marketing uh, slogans was, nothing unimportant ever happens at the plaza. We always love a double mm. negative. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking about, about that. Okay. When I was growing up as an expat in Asia, and comma. was not comma <laughs> <laughs> was not part of the embassy or any consular 
activities. Uh, a five-star hotel in the 60s was the social hub for us expats. It's where they had a pool. Yeah. Uh, it's, so they had air conditioning. <laughs> they had... Uh, ice. Ice. Yes, they had <laughs> Pepsi or Thumbs Up as they had in India in those days. Um, I can think of the Imperial and the Oberoi being the totally. two places my mother would drag me in 120-degree heat in, in June, just plop me in the water. Um, that's changed now. Um, and, and instead of hotels hosting foreigners, basically, or outsiders... Hotels are now popping up in smaller cities and are hosting their own residents. Mm -hmm. They're attracting their own mm -hmm. residents yeah. to come to the hotel, people who aren't staying there, right. but who are using it as a hub, as somewhere to meet their friends before the theater or a movie or mm -hmm. have a dinner. Um, Hotel Vermont in Burlington is the best example of that at the moment I can think of. Um, and then when you think about actually the return to the sort of grand dame hotels and you know what's happening in Paris right now, mm -hmm. for example, all of these... You know the George. I mean the um, the Ritz. The you know all of these old hotels that are getting these major renovations. I Plaza think Athene. the Plaza Athene and 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 so on, um, getting these major overhauls because I think there is a return to that sort of the, the age of glamour and that idea that a beautiful hotel in the right location still is the greatest embodiment of place and mm -hmm. is this social hub and and it's sort of a place where people go to be sort of better versions of themselves they sort of dress the part if you will yeah or worse versions of themselves you know you have this permission <laughs> in a hotel to be a little exotic a little bit james bond you know coming up he's a great inveterate traveler yes. and you go to a hotel to kind of live this life of mystery and nobody really knows why you're there or why you're staying there and there's that connection too with the Diplomacy and the you know this sort of oh, era of the of the spies, Cold War and the spies mistresses and, and, and grand dames of Lisbon and, and black, meetings that go on there. Yeah. yeah. So one of the, the it's it's kind of easy to find examples of this in New York. You know, the Ace is sort of one of the m most frequently cited ones. The Ludlow and Lower East Side, the Wyth in Brooklyn, these are places that have. You know, to me, they sort of are rolling up a whole lot of culture in one location very, very thoughtfully and deliberately. The Ace has got artists in residence there, and it's a very real thing. They're making actual art on the on the on, in the rooms. Um, the Wyeth has this film series that's kind of a series indie, uh, serious indie film series. Um, but the other the thing the thing that you alluded to, David, that's kind of interesting here is that there are smaller places in smaller cities, like the 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 um, the Dean yeah, in the Providence. Very cool. And it's which, also just sort of the 2.0 of this idea that we're talking about. It's sort of like rather than you know Van Cleef boutiques on the plaza level, mm -hmm. it's you know blue blue bottle. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sort of it's that you know that evolution that serves a different a different uh, audience yeah. um, and yeah. you know a millennial audience. In I some actually cases. think the second cities are sort of this perfect um the perfect place to host these mm -hmm. hotels because the the hotels that are doing it right are basically trying to f to find the, the sweet spot between um bringing locals in like mm -hmm. it's so important to the Seated to the guys the who culture. own the dean like they want people from providence coming into that hotel and staying there and drinking their coffee and and then they want it's it's funny though because they want their guests to go out and experience Providence, like yeah. it's, it's not. So they, mm -hmm. it's like they want the locals to come in, sit down, have a drink, be at the restaurant, and they want their guests to be out experiencing these second cities that yeah. that the hotel is in. So it's kind of this like mm -hmm. really well, fascinating. Well, look at the 21st century museum hotels: Bentonville, Louisville, Durham, just yeah. opened. Mm -hmm. um, and the Cincinnati, people, right? Cincinnati yeah. was. Yep. So mm -hmm. there are now four. Uh, the art people just go 
Yeah. Look at that. They bring their kids on a Sunday afternoon. Or even hey. like the Hotel Emma, I think of in, in, in Austin. Um, uh, in San Antonio. In San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, the Hotel Emma is definitely a, 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 a cursor of, or, or a marker of this sort of thing. But also, I think of the Freehand in Chicago, mm-hmm. which I visited yeah. this summer. And they have a cafe on the ground floor, and it's in this sort of you know downtown Chicago, and, and a place where not a lot of locals are really going to go. But you hang out in the cafe during the day, and there are all these locals working on their laptops. They're drinking this sort of fancy coffee, and they're trading stories, and they're talking about mm-hmm. job leads. And and there are no guests to be found. You know, they're all taking selfies yeah. at the Bean, but all the locals right. are in the hotel giving <laughs> it this vibrancy. And then you have it late night. You have the Broken Shaker, and Candace, I think you went to the Broken Shaker mm-hmm. in Miami. Yeah, but in in Chicago, it's you know, sort of the hub of the cocktail culture. Yeah. And, the, and, and all the, the Broken Shaker there in Miami is like where everybody, like chefs from like, you know, Alters, uh, Brad Kilgore to um, some of the other people we were meeting, everybody was going there. Like locals were going to right. the Freehold. Right. So and you was, feel like you're really sort of in the know when, yeah. you, when you're when you're an, a traveler who shows up on these places and there are all these cool locals there. You think, like, oh my God, <laughs> like I've I'm really found it. something and I'm going to recommend this hotel to all my friends. Right. So it's really... In that way too, it's like it's good for their own business to, to cultivate a vibe. And um, one thing I wanted to talk about is this Marriott is now advertising yeah, this as well. If you scroll through Instagram, Marriott has this ad with a guy wearing a vest and a little shaker and his little stirrer, and they're doing their lobby is now like all about mixology. Wearing right. a vest, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's you <laughs> that, cannot that get more Brooklyn. Right yeah. You cannot actually, get more Brooklyn I if you were at the Marriott Brooklyn Bridge. I think you know there's what I mean? also like, a uh, commercial where there's a food truck. Outside really? of the Marriott, that's really? a new one I saw. Yeah. And you know, so. you know, it's kind of we we tease them, but you know, also give them credit for tapping into Smart. you know yeah. what's what's going on and what people are interested in. Just because you're traveling somewhere else doesn't mean you don't also want a nice cocktail when you get back yeah, to the hotel. But it's, it's also like there's just nothing like a hotel bar. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's just kind of. I mean, they're you know. Great bars attached to restaurants, but sort of a dedicated hotel bar yeah. is a beautiful thing. Yeah, especially when the, the they get the alchemy right, mm-hmm. and and you walk in, and the vibe is, it's better than the 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 bar that you were going to that was freestanding, and that's like when you hit the hit that sweet spot. That and you're it's easy for. to get home. So exactly, <laughs> just head upstairs. I mean, that's especially if you're traveling alone. That's yeah. you know you don't sometimes if you especially if you're just flying in, you don't want to venture very far. You want to go yeah. down and feel like you've had an experience, but not venture too far. Usually yeah. the first night, anyway. Yeah, R- Ryan talked about that a little bit too at the Mondram because Ryan, the, Ryan, Ryan, uh, <laughs> he was a great, great guy. Um, but he, but he, he was talking about how the, the, they there's this symbiosis with the restaurant that's there, so that they will offer often sort of communicate with one another, they'll share ingredients, they'll sort of pass things back and forth, and it creates more creativity on the on the bar side because they have this sort of resource there where they can play around and trade ideas. That's cool. And also the, the, the sort of cultural thing that you were talking about, it was one of their missions is, you know, it's, it, it's, it's built for it, – it's not just built for London and it's not just built for people traveling. It's really built to try and blend the two together very deliberately. And I and I, one of the things I wanted to, to to talk to you, Pilar and Candice, about is, you know, you guys have spent time talking with and writing about um, the Ace New York guys, and I think no, the Ash. I'm Ash sorry, boys. Ash, <laughs> Ash, Ash, New York, um, and 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 the, the, this is, this phenomenon is very seems to me, at least in that expression, like a very design forward um, phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated with these guys because they're just these sort of young guns who are coming into the hotel industry and really. 
it's kind of what you said, Pilar. They're really trying to figure out what that 2.0 version is. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think about the Ace, for example, when I was interviewing these guys, I was thinking about the Ace and when it first opened in New York, I took my father-in-law to the restaurant there, the um, Breslin. Yeah, Yeah, the Breslin. Where and where, sorry, where does your father-in-law live normally? He lives in Connecticut, okay, and nice. he's a Sicilian how, how many, who grew up in Brooklyn. How many, <laughs> how many pleats does he have in his pants? <laughs> he has a couple pleats <laughs> and a golf shirt on. Anyway, so we go to the Breslin, and he's in the lobby, and he's just in his like Sicilian Brooklyn way, says to me, what is this place? <laughs> like, he was just so confused by the whole thing. I mean, this is like five years ago. But now, you know, the Ace, that whole setup, the record player, the coffee shop, that's pretty common now. So, yeah, so and thank what God. Is, yeah, and, yeah, and thank God. Like, I want to live in a world where I can get a decent flat white or espresso or whatever. I do. Like, that's yeah. the world yeah, I want to live in. But, um, you know, now I feel like what's interesting about the Ash guys is they're really trying to figure out, okay, we've seen this. Yeah, this feels next? familiar now. What's next? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's so interesting to talk to them about, like, what they feel... They they know better than anyone that 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 instantly when you walk in a t- into a hotel there is a vibe, mm-hmm. and the and in order to get locals to stay there and to get travelers to want to stay there that vibe has to be pitch perfect mm-hmm. and um and it and they really see it as sort of like a, a mix of I mean they said it everything from lighting to design to music to um, you know they take their design very seriously they go on these incredible buying trips uh, everywhere from Paris to Belgium to I mean, they really think about what the aesthetic of the hotel is, and it's it's and about sort of a one of one of a kind one of a kind like experience. You're not ordering it no. from Design Within Reach. No, it's, I mean they go going like, to the flea market. Yeah, they were talking about how like the first time they did a buying trip was going to the Paris flea market and how overwhelming it was. It's and I asked totally them, I said, overwhelming. I said something like, D- "Is this what everybody does?" And they were like, "I don't know, but it's what we did." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the, a genesis of this comes from the most unlikely of places. Uh, Hostels, totally. yeah, totally. Oh, wow. Twenty-five hours bikini Berlin and has, has a exactly vibe that kind of. A, uh, yeah. And but you wouldn't have thought that that yeah. bigger up brands would be embracing that funkiness. Dare I say it? Or the eclectic? You said funky. totally. I said funky, funky, <laughs> funky in a good way. Is funkiness a word? No, but it's um, almost like scrappiness. That if you scrappy. if your yeah. if your budget is zero, you've got to yeah. be creative and you've got to be thoughtful and you've got to be inventive in how you create that sort and of experience. And if we can do people, anything so. to get away from lighting that is uh, Edison bulbs in milk bottles, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was so. We have to one thing they, that. they said to me that I thought was so interesting was that when they got into the hotel business, the thing that people told them was like, you know, everybody just assumes that people turn into animals in hotels, like that they just can't control themselves. So don't buy anything that's vintage or one off or something that you can't like that you can't replace. And they went the complete opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And there's like no two rooms that, that are alike, though. There's just a common thread in the in the design and the aesthetic, and and I think that. Except that, some hotels do want guests to be naughty. Yeah. The Cosmopolitan in Vegas. Cosmopolitan like, in Vegas. I mean, their entire ad campaign sure. is come here with your rabbits. and Yeah, your bunnies and your, <laughs> and um, your electric guitar. No, seriously. And <laughs> you guys watch too much and TV. No and your rockets and no pants. <laughs> it's, that's a little disturbing. To be fair, oh. it's on the South Strip, so. It is yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Emphasis on the second word. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Another just another example of something nice that's happening next year in May is Scandic Hotels, one of the uh, Nordic region's largest uh, hotel groups, is launching their first luxury property in the middle of Stockholm on Hotorget, which translates as Haymarket, and they're calling the hotel Scandic Haymarket. It's a conversion of a department store, 
which kind of ties mm-hmm. in nicely to Wes Anderson's yeah. Grand Budapest Hotel mm-hmm, since mm-hmm. he shot that yeah. in an old department store. Um, there's a lot of controversy in town about a hotel being there. It's a, a farmer's market during the weekends and the concert venue halls surround the square. And it's where Greta Garbo got her first job in the mm-hmm. hat department in the 20s. Um. And they've run with it. And they want, it, they want their doors to be open to this square not just their guests. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're circling right back to what mm-hmm. Brad was saying about it. it's not just about London and it's not just about the visitors. It's about both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's also about Mondrian Sea Containers is a strange building. Right. It's a sea container building. Right. Um, but, and they, they didn't shy away from that. Right. No, and they embrace that. They, these that. folks aren't shying away from keeping this looking like a 1920s department store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, with the atrium mm-hmm. and the, the wonderful lighting and the, you know, they're, they're not trying to cover it up to yeah. say, no, this, this wasn't. I think it actually gets harder and harder to do a ground-up build well, mm-hmm. um, because I think uh, I think there is a sort of uh, an inherent sense of nostalgia with a hotel stay. There's something about travel that is, you know, both forward-thinking and sort of nostalgic. Um, I think that um, I think that you know. Be finding the authentic in a new build is is a challenge, and I think you know I applaud those who do it well. Um, but starting with something that has um, some history and some provenance is is a nice place to start, and respecting it and owning it and trying not mm-hmm. not trying to cover it up. Ah, yeah. but uh, Paul, remind me the the hotel in Newfoundland. Oh, the Fogo Island. Yeah, is. yeah. Well, that's now, there's incredible. a new build. Yeah. that has done it right, and Correct. everything is sourced locally, and then. Recycle back into the community, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's, there's a whole there's a whole mantra that they have going there. Yeah, they do. So they they do a lot of community, community development. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. That's another that's another thing that you see in a lot of these places, right? Is this deep integration with with the local community in one way or another, whether it's materials or whether it's art or whether mm-hmm. it's Mini in bar. the What's yeah. in the minibar? Th- th- say, say more about that because you were talking about that one time. What was the example that <laughs> one you, time? <laughs> Two years ago, <laughs> three years ago. Um, it, it, it's a trend. I don't know. I don't know how much. How much, Paul? I think you you have a, a stronger opinion on this. On mini bars, yeah, uh, I do have a strong <laughs> opinion on them. But have them and have them be stocked, fully stocked. But with, with no, but it, it, you know, local things being in the mini bar for sure. You know, yeah. going yeah. back to Chicago, um, you know, the Chicago Athletic Association, they have. Uh, you know, local distiller, and they're using that's the sort of the spirit that's in the mini bar. And so, even if you don't even leave yeah. the room, you have mm-hmm. you know, without even you know trying to, you can have a local experience and try something local. And that's um, also something really difficult to get right, though, because like buying local or being lo- like that's it's now such like a token gesture. It can be such a token gesture, sure. and yeah. unless it really feels like they're digging in in a way that's like it's palpable and authentic, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you're saying, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it can come off as so. You know, almost throw away. Yeah, yeah, a little bit yeah. superficial. But then there's times where you see it, and it totally resonates. And then sometimes you, know? you just want the Pringles, and <laughs> sometimes you just want a Snickers. Yeah, and a bottle of uh, Svedka vodka. But I never, so. but but I, but I never want the a uh, mini Dean and Deluca <laughs> gummy bears ever. No, I want never. the Haribo yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Candace, is there a, 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 a destination hotel? Let's call it. Or a hotel is a hub that a you're dying to hub. go to. Um, you would well, I mean, take a trip give, just not to give the Ash Boys too much credit, but I'm just coming off an interview with them, so I'm or too much play. But I, I'm coming off an interview with them, and they have two projects that they're working on simultaneously, 
And they're doing this incredible hotel in New Orleans that's basically taking up in the Marigny District. Am mm-hmm. I pronouncing that right? The Marigny District. With a sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys would know. But it sounds incredible. It's taking up a, a complete, um, complete square block in, in this neighborhood. And it's a former rectory. So mm-hmm. they're restoring this entire building and it just like everything it's 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 like a destination unto itself. So this really is something something but that you'll go going, and you'll stay. It's going back to that like start with something yep. significant and build on it. Yes. You know, I think there's just something there's a desire for that. And, and I, they were talking about how they're going to do this thing that I thought was so cool because in the south they um they do something which is called summer dressing. So they cover their furniture in these like linens mm. and they're trying to figure out how to like incorporate. But just the whole it's like that whole romantic vibe, you right. know? There's something so attractive of the summer cottage. Yeah, of the summer cottage, exactly. Yeah. How um, do they decide where they're going to do their next project? The uh the, the Ash guys, guys yeah. I think um, I don't think they ever intended to do two hotels at once, and it kind of fell into their lap. To your point, they fell in love with two old historic buildings, and they had to jump on them. But it's also these, you know, a hotel build takes you know months and years of years, yeah, of planning and urban planning and you know permits and development, and sometimes they just hit at the same time. I think the Soho House is having mm-hmm. yet a, a, another sort of like four hotels are are happening at once, not by design, but because it just just hit. They that present way. themselves, yeah. Um, I mean, the Soho House in Miami was another example of like, you couldn't even, they have this brunch in the lobby there that I guess is the, that is the place where Miami locals go on Sunday. And it was packed and it was the best people watching and the best vibe. And there was, I think like maybe three people staying there that was, that were there. Yeah. You know, it was, these people definitely lived in Miami. So so I came off of a, um, a, a hotel stay in a big city. Um, it was a be- it's a beautiful newish hotel, um, and everything about it is you know the no no you know no expense spared, mm-hmm. and yet you know gorgeous lobby but no vibe. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's and, the worst. And and it's sort of like, damn, that's that like how do you import? vibe yeah yeah. um and i you know is it that you get the great hot mixologist you get the great chef like it's there is this kind of alchemy and in some cases it's like you know there is a gestalt you know and like you can't pinpoint any one or two or three things it just somehow works if you try to follow the formula then it just feels old formulaic like you get the mixologist (laughs) in there it's like But I think, you, but it, it, to me, it also has to do with is the neighborhood or is the location ready for that kind of thing? I, I mean, I think there's, there's like you could not put a Wythe hotel in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, right? Like you couldn't, you couldn't really build a destination hotel there. It's just kind of. But actually, th- arguably, you you wouldn't expect Wythe necessarily to to have hit. Like I don't know. I think sometimes it's a little, it's a little chicken or egg. It's a little like you know, if you build it, they will come. And sometimes it's you know, right place, right time. You know. Well, where you grew up in Portland, Maine. Yeah, right? that's what I yeah. because I was the there. Yeah, I went there. Um, I went there in. Uh, um, I think it was June. It was the end of June, and they've been open for about a month. And it occurred to me, obviously, this is a place I spent a lot of time as a kid, and it has changed a lot, and it also hasn't changed at all in some ways. But I, I do feel like that hotel couldn't have happened, and 
you know, when we were walking around the neighborhood, people would ask us about it. It was clear that people knew that this thing was open. It's in the old uh, Portland Press-Herald building. They've been really kind of thoughtful about it. It was done by uh, Stonehill and Taylor who did the ACE here and the refinery. So this is very design-forward, but they also integrated a lot of the uh, design inside was done by a local sculptor who teaches at the main College of Art, which is right up the street. And they have a gallery in the basement. So it was this thing that, that you know, really could not have existed, I think, you know, 10 years ago even. Sure. Or 15 years ago. Certainly not when I was growing up there in the mid-80s, you know, when that neighborhood didn't look radically different from what it looks like now. But the, the sort of mentality behind it was very sure. different. And you see, we, we you know, um, the restaurant there, you know, the, the, the uh, Josh Barry, who's the chef of the restaurant there, uh, which is called Union – you know, he was talking about the, how cohesive the local sort of scene is, and the hotel is a place where all of the other chefs, you know, they'll go, they'll come in and hang out there at Union because it's got this kind of front lobby, and the the the, the cafe that's there was, the, you know, there were plenty of local people kind of coming in and using the cafe, and that's the kind of thing that in Portland I feel like. Portland had to be ready for that. Portland had to have a sense of an identity for itself before a hotel like that could happen, and that kind of buzz around it could happen. I think it has a lot to do with social media and the cues that you get from, you know, what's, I mean, you know, the most dreaded word in the world is the Brooklynization of everything or the Portlandization (laughs) of everything. But it is, there is a kind of, I'm sort of shocked at the sameness of the alternative aesthetic that has now become mainstream, (laughs) you know, that it's what was marginal is now mainstream and, and that that, but actually it's a thing that we all want. You want that fantastic sense of place and the perfect cup of coffee and something that feels lived in and in and you know of a place um and and so it, it's to your point i want i want to live in a world that has a great yeah, flat right. white like there's nothing wrong with it i actually think that the world has gotten more sophisticated as the availability of you know uh, the perfect flat white becomes presented to you on your screen, <laughs> you know, yeah. every yeah. day. Yeah, Do you I know? think if anything, the bar is just being raised to this, like, it's yeah. a really difficult thing to meet. I mean, even if I always just even think of like the Baccarat hotel and looking at the art they had in that bar, yeah. I mean, you really have to like, you have to hit it right mm-hmm. in almost like every public space you have in a hotel anymore for it to feel like you want to be there. Cause mm-hmm. if there's a misstep, it doesn't work. Everything you know? falls apart. Kind and, of, and, yeah. And nobody wants to be like in the room anymore. Public spaces are almost more important now than the rooms, really. <laughs> totally. For branding purposes. <laughs> the Hotel Accor in Tokyo. Totally. Here's the downer. Yeah. That they demolished the original 60s building. Mm. Yeah. Right, uh, right, right. In order for the Olympics, and they're going to throw up a huge new build. Mm-hmm. It's tragic. And totally. it's, it's in a neighborhood that, that's fairly low rise, quite mm-hmm. green, very embassy centric. And that lobby was. Spectacular, yeah. Mm. Perfect scale, low seating, that wonderful burnt orange from the yeah. 60s. Very Don Draper. Very, very. <laughs> yeah. But they made the decision, obviously, it's financial. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's wind it up here. Um, I'll take it out with uh, take call, it out. Take it out. Take it out. To, uh, <laughs> to shout outs to the website. Um, come and visit us on um, Condé Nast Traveler, uh, cntraveler.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram at, at @cntraveler. Uh, we're on Facebook and YouTube at Condé Nast Traveler. And just to shout out individual folks here, Candice is at Candice Rainey on Twitter. Pilar is at Pilar underscore Guzman on Instagram. Paul is at at P underscore Brady on Twitter. And I am at Bradrick. And that's it for this week. Thanks a lot for tuning in and go check out the drink and we'll see you next week. 